It is a very good afternoon, and thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, we're coming to you live uh, from the media shop in Bryanston, interacting with uh, media buyers. And uh, this afternoon, uh, focusing right now on um, I'm an African as a feature, and uh, just looking at uh, genders and sexualities in Africa. And joining us uh, is uh, leader of uh, the research team, uh, Dr. Finn Regan. Uh, good afternoon and welcome, Doctor. Good afternoon to you and good afternoon to your listeners, Griselda. Now, the question we're asking this afternoon is, is Africa ready for full social inclusion of uh, the LGBTIQ community? And, I mean, reflecting, what are some of the challenges that um, are faced by L the LGBTI community in order for us to be able to respond to this question? Back in 2015, 193 countries around the world adopted what are called the Sustainable Development Goals, or the mm. SDGs for short, yeah. which in many ways are grounded in the idea of human rights, human yeah. rights for all people, with a focus on tackling poverty and inequality and promoting inclusive development so that nobody is left behind. Those 193 countries realized that we must include everybody in our societies and in the economic development of countries around the world. Here, Priscilla, at the Human Sciences Research Council in, in Pretoria, we have a focus particularly. Our mandate is to pose and answer questions, to assist policymakers and our government to create guidelines and policies that move us towards a more inclusive society. And here we have a key focus on poverty and inequality. We know that poverty and inequality don't help in terms of making society more inclusive, safer and more prosperous. And within that focus on poverty and inequality, here at the Human um, and Social Development Programme, we focus on diversity across the lifespan. So from young people through to older people, families and people who are homeless, a wide range of, of, of experiences and vulnerabilities. And within that broader context, we also focus on sexual and gender diversity which is an issue that has arisen and gained much media attention in South Africa over the years and increasingly now across the continent. So what has been the reluctance in, in observing and, and just um, providing uh, that environment that just uh, respects people's rights across? I think in some ways diversity is something that we are increasingly understanding and becoming literate around. We have a literacy in relation perhaps to race, to class or to gender, perhaps also increasingly to issues of ethnicity and disability and the different languages that we use. And in the last few years, there has been an increasing push nationally across the continent and around the world asking people to understand this form of diversity around sexual orientation and gender identity. And I think it might be important also just to highlight that within this form of diversity, we're talking about a wide range of experience mm -hmm. because we're talking about biological sex, our, our bodies, our anatomy, our hormones, our, our chromosomes. And people sometimes think that people are just male or female. But we also know that there are intersex people whose bodies don't necessarily fit into just the male or female category. We're also talking about gender identity, so how people experience their gender. 
Sometimes we think that people experience themselves just as a man or just as a woman. But we also know from our own research here and across the country that people's sense of themselves is also sometimes beyond or different from just feeling like a man or a woman. And the ways that we express our gender also vary, not only within our country but across the region. And then, of course, we have sexual orientation, which refers to who we're attracted to, emotionally, yes. romantically, or sexually. And there's a spectrum there, as well then also in terms of our sexual behaviors, who we are attracted to and what type of sexual activities we engage in. So in many ways, we're talking about a form of diversity that's very broad, everything from our bodies to how we sense our sense of self in terms of our gender and how we express that in the world. But how do we, how do you respond, um, uh, Dr. Reagan, to people who would say that, uh, you know, the LGBTI community with either a gay, lesbian or bisexual is un-African? I think we have learned over the last few years, both here across the continent and around the world, that gender equality is, is crucially important. The roles and the inclusion of women and girls in our societies is important for the health and well-being of our societies. Mm. When we talk about leaving nobody behind in terms of our sustainable development goals, when we talk about eradicating poverty and inequality, it is challenging if we think about equality and well-being only for certain groups of people. We've mm. learned, or increasingly are learning, that women and girls necessarily are at the centre of all our policies. And increasingly, we're beginning to understand that all minority groups not only have the right to participate and belong, but they also, their full participation benefits society as a whole. It's not sure. just about the minority. When we include minorities, it benefits society in general. Is there political will, though, for policy shift that, uh, you know, for, for that all-inclusiveness, uh, that it's not, a, a, a give, it's not negotiated, uh, but a given, because it is a human right? It, it is a right. Um, inclusion and access is something that has been very much top of mind in recent years. Access to justice for those who have been excluded historically. Access to education access to health services, access to employment um, are all key concerns, not only for the population as a whole, but also for policymakers and decision makers. And to answer your question, yes, we have, for example, at a national level, our education systems, whether it's um, school systems or university systems, that are increasingly focused on the importance of making sure that all groups are included in education. Historically disadvantaged groups and currently disadvantaged groups because of their identity are the way that they are understood in society more broadly. So many of our universities, for example, and our National Department of Basic Education are taking the initiative in terms of making sure that our classrooms and that our lecture halls in universities are becoming more inclusive spaces for all young people who have the right to be educated in safety and to reach their full potential. 
And how is the progress being monitored? Um, because it's all good and well to say, uh, you know, in 2015 we came together and we agreed that we'll observe uh, people's human rights, including um, those of minority groups. Um, but how, how are we monitoring if, um, you know, countries, uh, to the question that I asked earlier on about um, the willingness, the political willingness uh, to ensure that there indeed are policies um, that force people uh, to observe uh, and, and respect human rights? We know that there are broad frameworks globally around whether it's inclusion to health or inclusion to education. One of those global approaches is education for all. And we know that the willingness, in answer to your question, at a, not a global level, that the United Nations um, and other broad umbrella groups around the world are increasingly focusing not just on women and girls, uh, young women and girls in schools, but also sexual and gender minority learners in schools. Um, some areas perhaps are more conscientized. They're more aware of some of these issues because, as I was saying earlier, this is, for many people, something that still needs to be talked through. It's still something that people are learning about, this form of sexual orientation and, and gender identity. Um, and that includes our policymakers, our decision makers and people in government. They don't automatically always have the language or an understanding of the issues and the challenges of the minority groups that we're talking about at the moment. But that's a process of conscientization. That's, uh, that is a learning about a new, a new reality, learning a language, learn, learning about the experiences of particular groups of people who previously were silenced or did not have their voices heard. And Dr. Reagan, talking about the language and, and you know, um, renewing the language and learning a new language, uh, we come from environments and, and, and cultural backgrounds and practices uh, where, uh, for instance, a, a, a lesbian woman would be regarded as a, a, a bringer of bad luck. Um, that a, a son who's gay would not be accepted as, as an African man. So how do we even, uh, in, in a quest for all-inclusiveness, that we bring uh, with us uh, some of our community members who have believed um, these sayings, who've believed these myths um, for, for years? It's interesting and really important that you bring up the, the question of language because we use language to understand our world, the world, our communities, our families, and we use language to understand ourselves. So the language that we use to talk about other people and the language that we use to talk about ourselves are important in terms of creating a more inclusive society. It's important to have language, of course, that's respectful towards diversity and a language that allows people to fully express who they are in the world. It's interesting that you use terms just now um, in English because we know that many people understand sexual and gender diversity in a multilingual way. Yeah. English terms that you've just used, like lesbian or gay, are one way of understanding some of these realities and identities and experiences. But we also have people who don't use those terms to think about themselves. And we also have communities, not just in South Africa, but across the continent, who have a long history of understanding gender diversity mm -hmm. in a multilingual way. And so part of our work here at the Human Sciences Research Council with funding from partners like the other foundations is to explore the ways in which people have understood diversity in their communities historically and currently, including gender diversity. So for that person 
who are not quite sure whether they're male or female, but they have an important role in the community. They provide support to family members. We have language sometimes to talk about that person, including in an inclusive and affirming way. Also in a derogatory way, but the terms are not simply always derogatory, like they're not always inclusive. And which terms we choose to use are important in terms of how we understand other people, our families and our communities. All right, uh, let's involve um, everyone else listening to us uh, in this conversation as we ask, is Africa ready for full uh, social inclusion of the LGBTIQ community? And, uh, you know, and, and we're not limiting it um, to, uh, you know, these acronyms that I've used. There may be more that we still don't understand. And uh, we invite you to join in the conversation. 0891-104-207 is the number to dial. And you can also send us WhatsApp voice notes on 061 for 104107. We are both on Twitter and Facebook at SAFM Radio and hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live. And you can also SMS us on 40938. SMS is charged at 150 per SMS. And we're talking genders and sexualities in Africa. This is I'm an African feature. And uh, Dr. Finn uh, Reagan is joining us as leader of uh, the research team. Now, let's talk about, you know, how do we uh, socialize individuals to recognize um, that human beings are human beings and uh, they should be respected? And uh, uh, Joe Beck, uh, if we can have uh, a reminder of our number as uh, we invite our, our listeners to join in the conversation. All right, let's continue the conversation. But the number to dial is 0891-104-207. And uh, that's the number you you uh, dial to contact us as we have this conversation. And uh, let's see some of your tweet messages. Bongani uh, Mbogazi saying, community is not having it easy in South Africa, the LGBTI community that is. And uh, that we we still need a, a thorough mindset shift. Look at the killing springs and uh, perpetrated against them and our constitution guarantees everyone uh, to have rights and um, a right to life. Now Dr. Reagan let's talk about what systems are in place to assist individuals who feel aggrieved Um, because you know sometimes we're wrong through language um, we're wrong through um, conversations and at times uh, how do we differentiate between a teachable moment and a, a gross violation of human rights? That's an excellent question, and it's something that's of key concern for a number of different sectors currently in the country. Um, And ultimately, we're talking about values, the key principles, the core values that we have as a people, as a society in South Africa. One of those would be, for example, that every young person, regardless of their background, their history, or their family identity, has the right to education. And as a result, Our education system is very much attuned to the importance of inclusion and of developing diversity literacy in young people and in educators, teachers, and school communities. So what does that mean when you talk about a teachable moment? It means that it is important to support our educators so that when they're talking about social inclusion, when they're talking about health and well-being, when they're talking about rights, when they're talking about youth voice, 
that they're able and comfortably to talk about the issue of sexual orientation and gender identity. And so as a result, our universities are increasingly supporting our um, teachers to engage in, and teach about, about this particular topic. Yeah. And we have a broad range of supporting policies and guidelines, whether it's our constitution or whether it's young people themselves. Because mm. online at the moment, we know that our young people um, are engaging not only in conversations in the country, but also conversations that are global through yeah. media platforms. And one of those conversations is increasingly about gender and sexual diversity. And in many ways, young people in South Africa are developing a literacy. They're developing an understanding and a language to talk about some of the things that we're talking about today. I think what is also tragic is where families um, don't know how to support their own. Um, because in some families, you know, people are socialized in different ways. And uh, is it fair to expect a, a member of the LGBTI community to be the one, uh, to be the teacher all the time? I don't know if you can respond to this in a second, but let's rather take the news break. Um, and news headlines are with Utsile and We'll talk about this when we return. Call Chris Salda now, 0891-104-207. And that's the number to dial. Uh, that's the number to dial. And you can also send us an SMS at 40938, charged at 150 per SMS. And we go all the way to Cape Town right now and speak to Kalala. Good afternoon and thank you so much for your patience. Afternoon, Chris Salda, and thanks for taking my call. And I feel good. Chris Salda... It's, uh, it's quite a tricky topic. I'm going to answer as an African man also. Mm-hmm. We must talk fact. Uh, uh, we must not forget that it's something new that they are bringing in, in African nature. I, I'm talking through my own experience. From the day I was born and to this age, we, oh, I knew, I only know that there is male and female. Mm-hmm. Now, this is uh, something new. That is coming. I'm afraid to say abnormal because I get hit. So I'm, I don't want to say it abnormal, but it's something new that came to us. I don't want to hurt someone's feelings. However, when we're bringing this uh, idea into African people or into human who are not used to this, we need also to be careful not to try to impose, like to try to educate slowly, slowly, then also give a people choice to accept it or not to accept it. But rather we reject it like me but we should respect life we should still respect the one who went for it we should still honor that person as a human but not to impose to so that we can just believe in it the way western mm-hmm. are believing or the way your guest the doctor was explaining to it that to convince me also to accept as he thinks no that is where also these things goes wrong we okay. need to accept this our brothers and sisters who become like that you know, respect them and give them the value as human, but not to accept that is normal life, because since where I was born, I don't know that it's normal like that. So not to maltreat them. That's my, uh, what I would, drive to, I would like to, to contribute. That. To be also careful, educators must be careful not to try to impose us or to push us to the point, or even criminalize, criminalizing us, say no, because you don't want to agree to this, you're going to lock you up. No, 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 no. That is not democracy anyway, mm. and that is no longer human right. Because we have right to say yes or no to something. Right? Thank you. Thank you very Thank you. much. You, you are spot on. Uh, everyone has a right, and um, equally, uh, the 
those individuals who feel aggrieved or not, of not being um, to their own, to being themselves, uh, simply because they're different uh, from your beliefs, uh, you know, they they too have a right. Uh, doctor, you see, even the language, it's very difficult uh, to find words of expression without us frowning. That What do we mean, become like that? This is something new. How do we find each other in... in a way that, you know, becomes all-inclusive without violating or having people feeling aggrieved um, when their side of the story is not heard. Um, your listener made an excellent point about education because many, in many ways this is a process of education. It's about people entering into dialogue and understanding something that many people yet have to fully understand. We know, for example, that many educators in our schools are open to teaching about sexual and gender diversity, but they need to have conversations themselves. They need to have materials that they find useful, and they need to have support themselves to be able to talk through some of the issues so they can inform themselves before they teach competently and well in the classroom in a way that's useful for learners. We know that many doctors and nurses in our clinics and our hospitals are also open to um, treating all of their clients equitably. They're open to including all community members in the services they provide. And again, they also often appreciate the support and the time to talk through some of the issues related to sexual and gender diversity, a topic that perhaps they've received no training on previously. Mm. The same also applies often to our police force, that increasingly there is a request for um, police members to engage in processes where they come to a, a better, a deeper, and a more detailed understanding of how best to support people who are different in terms of their sexuality or their gender identity. And, and you know, earlier on, before we uh, took a news break, I, I wanted to find out about how we support parents. Can you imagine being Galala and your son then discloses that I'm gay and, and your understanding is there must be male and female and nothing in between. How do we then empower parents um, to embrace, to actually also recognize um, that they need to learn, learn a new language, a, a new narrative, and, and also Whilst on that, um, uh, Doctor, if you can speak to, is this a new thing as, as it's, it's um, referred to? The issue of safety is important. It's constantly in our headlines. People are concerned about their safety, and it is a national level issue. But safety, when it comes to um, sexual and gender diversity, is also a key consideration. We mm. know that many young people in schools say that they don't always feel safe being themselves. Yeah. They might be experiencing bullying on the basis of their sexual orientation or their gender identity, and we certainly need to respond to that as a country to make sure that all our schools are inclusive and safe for our young people. But the issue that you flag is also a particularly important one, and it's one that doesn't always gain the attention, quite frankly, that it should, which is supporting families and parents sure. to come to an understanding of this issue and then how best to support their young person. There is common agreement that no family wants to exclude somebody from within the family. But yeah. we need to be supporting our, our parents and our families and our communities in terms of their understanding of this issue and how best to respond, how best sometimes to deal with the embarrassment or how best mm. to have the conversation with other community members. Um, fortunately, sometimes the love 
and the loyalty towards family members means that people take on the responsibility of informing themselves, of learning more about this issue so they can then inform their communities, which leads to the development of safer communities for people who are uh, sexual and gender minority. And, and I guess it would help. Question, there is a long history of sexual yeah. and gender diversity. Mm. It might not have been called, in fact, it certainly was not called lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, mm. or intersex identity. But increasingly, we have a, a body of knowledge and information about how this form of diversity around sexual orientation and gender identity has a long history, not only here, but across the continent. Sure. Let's go back to the lines. Our number to dial is 0891-104-207 and uh, also taking your tweets at SAFM Radio and as uh, um, SAFM Lifetime Live is our hashtag. Uh, Lakin Jobek, good afternoon and welcome to Lifetime Live. Yes, uh, this is Chriselda and your panel. This is Chriselda. I don't have a problem with anybody. Uh, I will call it lesbians and gays, obviously protected by the Constitution. But where I want assistance from a perspective whereby usually when pastors or men of the cloth who might believe they are commissioned by God to preach the gospel, and the gospel amongst others include uh, bashing sin but not human beings. So oftentimes when since such as adultery is preached or drunkenness is preached, no one goes to the Human Rights Commission. But mm. when the sin of homosexuality is preached against somebody, say no, as if pastors or men of God and women don't have rights to preach, because they're also protected by the Constitution to advance God's word. So now I have a problem whereby at the slightest provocation Human Rights Commission uh, Equality Court now will end up being forced like the predecessor caller indicated that don't push it yes you have a right to do your own thing to be who you are but when I preach in my own corner where I'm in a church where I have to preach and if you come to my church and I preach against sin and you run to to, to the Human Rights Commission and, and, and they also entertain you that I'm homophobic. It becomes a problem. That's why it's to that exception. Sure. Okay. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much, Lucky, um, for your call. Edward, you are in Western Area. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Chris. Mm. How are you? I'm good. Okay. How are uh, you? Chris, I want to challenge the listeners because I want, I want to agree with the previous caller who, who was like uh, trying to say this thing of uh, lesbian and gay is an African. Indeed, it's an African. I want somebody to tell me what lesbian is in Swana, Zulu, or Bemba, or any African language. That thing, as Africans are concerned, it is never existent. It has never been there. And the, the other thing is that if that thing was coming from Africa, being exported to, 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 Euro, to the Western world, the Western world was not going to accept it. But the Western world wants us to accept everything that is coming from them as to be right. You see what I mean? Mm. It was coming to, in Africa, we have imported a lot of cultures. While we haven't exported any. You see? That's why Donald Trump calls us, calls us by that name. We know. Because we want to accept everything. But the Western world doesn't want to accept our way of life. So, Eddie, in your view, this is a, an important culture. 
Yeah, it's an important culture, Chris Elder. Like I've asked you, I want to check somebody to come up with the, the name for lesbian in Zulu or Tswana. Most of the names you and I know that are derogatory. Most of the names you and I know are names that are derogatory. Could it be that people... No, 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 no. If they are derogatory, then they, they never existed. And could it be that maybe... They've never been there. Could it be that maybe we were in denial? No, 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 no. What denial? At least we could have picked it up from our great, great, uh, great, great uh, parents, our great grandparents. At least we could have picked up, picked it up from somewhere. But we don't have a history. Not even in southern part of Africa, western, eastern, everywhere. Mm. The researchers can go on and do their work and come and tell us. All right. Thank the you. Thank you very much. Go ahead. Let them do, do do their history and tell us no. In 18 so and so, this and this one existed in uh, in such part of Africa. A lesbian or a gay existed in East Africa or West Africa or wherever. I get you. Thank you. Thank you very much for your contribution, Edward. Do I still qualify as a dear? <laughs> and then he disappears. He laughs at me. <laughs> or is that left for nighttime radio? All right. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, for the call. And uh, Dr. Reagan, very uh, strong views. So lucky to Edward. Sabane, Marrakesh, Holstecker, Matanula, Hungochani, Matula, Lilowana, Kuchu, Inkonkoni, Matusi, Takampuku, Italasi, the language, the languages nationally and across our region are rich and descriptive. And they talk about sexual and gender diversity in a way that relates to nature, to color, to the animal world. Yes, sometimes to the sex act, sometimes to gender roles. It's rich and it's a beautiful language that speaks historically and currently to issues of sexual and gender diversity. Mm. And when it comes to the understanding of this form of diversity, this historical and current form of diversity, Framing the values that we have in South Africa and across the region in terms of belonging and community and Ubuntu are key when we understand how important it is that all people in our societies, in our communities, are respected and included. We know that from a theological perspective, the golden rule is one of the things that brings all world religions together. The golden rule is that we treat others like we would be treated ourselves, and that's relevant for Christianity or for Islam or for Judaism. And it is also relevant here, just like with families who might be reluctant to exclude somebody because they're perceived to be different, are our denominations and our religions also fully embracing the diversity of people who want to participate and who have a deep faith and who simply want that space to be able to express their relationship to God in a space that is one of belonging and inclusion. And I mean, just to add, in in Shivenda, Matula and Matunzi, uh, Matula would mean taboo. Matunzi would mean bad omen. For me, it just says that we we need to develop a language 
we don't know what it's called. And now that we're talking about it, uh, we, we then need to be receptive and, and be teachable and acknowledge that we don't know what we don't know. Uh, Doctor, thank you very much for joining us. Are there any research papers perhaps that we can connect to? We, I can be contacted um, on email at f. Regan, R-E-Y-G-A-N, at the hsorc.ac.za. And on our website, we also have links to the work that we're currently doing at the moment in relation to genders and sexualities in Africa. Thank you. Thank you very much um, for joining us. And uh, uh, I guess the conversation continues. And judging by the responses uh, we had, Africa is not ready. Thank you very much. Uh, that is uh, uh, Dr. Finn Reagan, who is leader of the research team, Genders and Sexualities, and that was I Am an African Feature. And right now, let's uh, take a music break. When we return, we are going to be speaking um, to one of the executives at uh, the media, bra- uh, media shop, and uh, we will also touch a little bit on um, uh, our, our um, disability feature. And right now, Lou Rolls, uh, Lady Love. <laughs> 